Welcome to Goop Tales, a storytelling podcast for children created to ignite your imagination, broaden your horizons, and introduce you to different cultures and exotic animals, while also sparking important conversations about character traits. I'm Maria Calanchini, and I'm the founder and creator of Goop Tales. And today's story was inspired by May. Hi, my name is May. I would like to have a Goop suggestion. I'm seven, and my Goop suggestion would like to be Exaggerina, because he exaggerates a lot. Thank you for that suggestion, May. I have been known to exaggerate, and I know a few exaggeratas, and I had a lot of fun with this episode. To see our drawing for exaggerata and the real photos from the Anetti Massive, just visit gooptales.com forward slash episode 9898. And you can also get exaggerata's coloring page when you visit that webpage. In the previous episode of Goop Tales, we met Party Pooper, a cooperative goop who was always spoiling parties. When the Mads jumped out and yelled, surprise, Party Pooper tooted his party horn too many times and landed in the Danube River in Serbia. He discovered that he had picked up the spirit of a knight and his horse, and he needed to get them back to the Golubac Fortress as soon as possible. He made it all the way there, avoided Mehmet, and was sent home with the help of the spirit knight. He couldn't wait to tell his friend Exaggerata about his journey through Serbia. But she was in the Aneti Massive in Chad. Keep listening to find out how she got there and what she must do to get back home. Even just reading that description made me very excited because I am leaving in about a week and a half and I am going to go to Serbia and I'm going to go to Romania and I'm going to go to Croatia and Vienna and Hungary. And I know I'm just going to get so inspired for so many more goop tales and take so many pictures that I can use to illustrate Goop Tales. So look for those on Instagram. Okay, let's get started with episode 98, Exaggerata and the Cave Drawings of the Aneti Massive. This is episode 98 
exaggerata and the cave drawings of the Annetti Massive. Exaggerata, she was such a dramatic one. But when you were with her, your days would be a home run. She was full of energy and zest and loved to show up as best dressed. She was known to take something not so great and turn it into something else as she would exaggerate. Chapter One Once upon a time, there was a very stylish and lively little goop girl named Exaggerata. Exaggerata loved to get dressed up every day according to her mood. If it was a rainy day, she would go all out and put on her coziest onesie that had a dinosaur tail accessorized with a horned dinosaur hat and gigantic slippers that had oversized dinosaur toes. If it was a blustery, windy day, she would put on her white puffer with her white fleece jacket over it. She turned herself into a giant pillow. Then she would go outside and wait for the wind to blow her over so that she could land on her puffy jackets and bounce right back. If it was a bright sunny day, she would select from her closet full of sundresses. One of her favorites was a yellow sundress with long yellow ribbons hanging from it and a wide brimmed straw hat. She would twirl about in the dress and as the ribbons followed her movement, she would sing out that she was spread in sunshine. Exaggerata always carried a large red fan with her that she used to add drama to her proclamations. She had an outfit for every occasion, and one of her favorite things to do was select the outfit that she would wear each day. The other goops always ooed and awed over her sense of fashion and looked forward to seeing what she was wearing. But what they didn't always look forward to was how much Exaggerata exaggerated. Exaggerata could literally turn a mountain into a molehill. And she often brought on a Southern accent just to add a dramatic flair to whatever story she was telling. And of course, she would fan herself while speaking. I do declare, Miss Wigglebutt must think we have nothing else to do. Her homework is going to take a year to finish, Exaggerata would say when Miss Wigglebutt asked them to learn 10 spelling words as homework. Maybe you should learn how to spell exaggerate, said Rudella with a little snicker. 
Wow, Rudella, how rude! Sighed Exaggerata. These types of exchanges were typical for Exaggerata with her goop friends. There was one goop, however, who seemed completely oblivious to Exaggerata's exaggerations, and that was Oblivibob. Oblivibob was often oblivious to many things, including the dramatic flair of Exaggerata. Oh, Oblivibob, I have to say that the frosting on Selfina's birthday cake was far too thin. I could barely taste it or see it. It was almost invisible, she said as she was walking home from Selfina's birthday party with Oblivibob. Oh, oh yes, I thought her cake was so delicious, especially the frosting, responded Oblivibob, who was clueless to how much exaggeration was going on. Exaggerata just shook her head and carried on. One bright summer day, when Exaggerata was all dressed up in her favorite yellow sunshine dress and feeling like a ray of sunshine herself, she met up with Oblivibob and went to one of their favorite creeks. It was a long, winding creek full of large, smooth stones, and it made the most soothing water sound as it gurgled over the stones. The sun was shining down, and the creek water was crystal clear. The two of them stood on one side of the creek as the sun grew hotter. There was a large shady tree on the other side of the creek. So Oblivibob said, come on, let's go. And he stepped right into the cool water and began to cross to the other side. The stones felt cool and smooth on his hot little feet. Once on the other side, he called out to Exaggerata, come on over here in the shade. It feels amazing. I'm coming, said Exaggerata as she set her foot in the creek. The water immediately surrounded her feet and she found her footing on a smooth stone. As she stepped to the next stone, she called out, Oh, these stones are so slippery. I don't know how you crossed this creek. They are just the slipperiest things I have ever felt. I, I think they're okay, responded Oblivibob. Oh, Oblivibob, the stones I am stepping on are surely the slipperiest. You just don't know, insisted Exaggerata. Okay, said Oblivibob. Exaggerata took another step, holding her hands out for balance. And as her foot stepped on the next stone, she slipped and fell. Oblivibob's eyes grew wide as he watched from the shore, not knowing what to do. Then they grew even wider as he watched Exaggerata slip and slide as she tried to regain her balance. But instead, she slipped right under a large creek stone. 
and completely disappear. Chapter 2 Darkness enveloped her as Exaggerata slid along cool, hard stone surfaces that she couldn't see. She embraced the journey and pretended that she was on an underground water slide. Finally, Exaggerata was shot out into the bright daylight and she landed on dry, earthy sand. She felt like she went from a refrigerator to an oven with the drastic change of temperature. Standing up, Exaggerata looked around, held up her fan, and immediately began to wave it back and forth. I do declare, I must be standing on the sun and it is burning me red. She did a full circle, taking in her surroundings and looking for shade. Exaggerata was in the middle of a desert and there wasn't much shade to be had. But off in the not too far distance, she saw the strangest looking rock mountains she had ever seen. There were huge rocks with various shapes like mushrooms and funny shaped blobs and tall standing towers. In the shadows of the rocks, there was shade, and that is exactly where Exaggerata headed. As she walked along, she sung to herself as a distraction from the heat. I'm a stranger in a strange land where it's so hot I have to be fanned. But what an adventure I will create. It is up to me to make it great. Into these rocks I will go where there will be coolness, I know. After singing the song several times, Exaggerata found herself at the edge of the rock mountains. She lifted up her red fan and gave a huge wave and said, Inwards I go, and proceeded into the clump of rock mountains. Once she passed the first mountain, Exaggerata found a whole new world. She was immediately cooled by the shade and the mountains protected her from the beating sun. There were paths between the mountains that made it feel as if Exaggerata was inside a maze. The atmosphere was full of mystery. Exaggerata began to amble along between the mountains enjoying the journey. She never knew what she would find once she turned around the edge of a rock mountain. After some time, she came upon a small pool of water surrounded by white sand that looked so inviting. 
Exaggerata walked along the sand over to the water's edge. She knelt down to cup some of the water in her hands. And as she did, she caught her reflection on the water's surface. Exaggerata froze. She didn't see her round, smiling face and her yellow dress of ribbons. Instead, she saw a round little figure that was made of red mud clay. This isn't me. It can't be, said Exaggerata to herself. It's simply not possible. She stared at the red mud clay figure staring back at her. And then she looked down at her arms and her feet. They weren't made of red mud clay. It isn't me in the reflection, she said with a sigh of relief. She looked back at the reflection and saw the red mud girl staring back at her. Exaggerata lifted her right arm and so did the red mud girl in the reflection. Then she tilted her head to the right. So did the girl in the reflection. Every move she made was mirrored by the red mud girl in the reflection. Exaggerata began to panic a little. There was no way this little figure in the reflection could mirror her so precisely if it wasn't her. She looked down at her yellow dress again and all looked well. But looking at the reflection, all was not how it seemed. This is a trick of the mind. I'm hot and I'm tired and I'm in the desert. I must be seeing things, said Exaggerata. Then she stood up and walked across the sand, away from the water, towards a mushroom-shaped rock behind her. She sat in the shade for some time and rested. Finally, after she felt cooled off and calmer, she got up and headed back over to the water's edge. She held her eyes closed tightly and tilted her head down. Okay, I'm just going to count to 10 before I open my eyes, she said. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Exaggerata held her breath and opened her eyes. This time, it wasn't just the red mud figure who stared back at her. Chapter 3 Exaggerata found herself staring wide-eyed into the glassy pool of water. But this time, she wasn't looking at herself as the red mud figure. She was looking at a dromedary that hovered behind her and was staring 
at her reflection. They both stood very still for a moment until Exaggerata couldn't stand it. And she turned around and said, You are staring at me as if you are going to eat me. The dromedary lifted his gaze from the water and stared directly at Exaggerata. Then he said, Why would I want to eat you? You are made of red mud. Exaggerata couldn't believe what she was hearing. She wanted to scream. How dare you? I'm not made of mud. Look at me, she said as she twirled around in her little yellow dress. I am looking and I see a mud figure, said the dromedary. You must be exaggerating, said Exaggerata. I don't exaggerate, responded the dromedary. Then he continued, By the way, we haven't been properly introduced. I'm Rufus of the Anetti Massive, he said. Exaggerata pondered this for a moment. Anetti Massive sounded vaguely familiar. She closed her eyes and racked her brain until a memory of Miss Wigglebutt's geography class popped into her head. She remembered seeing strange mountains in an African country called Chad in a place called the Anetti Massive. She smiled to herself, feeling very proud of having remembered this. Then she opened her eyes and said, Ah, we in Chad? You are right. We are in the Anetti Massive in the northeast of Chad. It is a group of mountains. You look as if you just sprang from the mountains, said Rufus with a little chuckle. <laughs> For a moment, Exaggerata had forgotten all about her mud figure reflection. She turned from Rufus and looked into the water pool where she saw the mud figure version of herself staring back from the water. I don't understand. She said as she turned to Rufus, When I look in the water, I don't see myself. I see a mud figure that pretends to be me, but that isn't me. Rufus looked into the water again, and then he looked at Exaggerata. He knew what had happened. I have something to tell you, he said in a serious voice. Exaggerata tensed up at this but said, I'm listening. You are a mud figure. Let me explain, continued Rufus. Then Rufus told her of the Anetti Mountains and the cave drawings. He explained that there were prehistoric cave drawings in the Anetti Massive. The drawings were thousands of years old and they depicted life from long ago but the drawings were still very much alive 
there was a particular cave drawing of a rider on a horse that was referred to as Nomad. According to local legend, Nomad wanted to continue wandering the mountains of the Aneti region, but now he was stuck as a drawing on a wall and he couldn't move. When he saw a visitor pass by, which was a rare occurrence, Nomad would do his best to reach out to that visitor and try and attach himself in order to escape the wall, but he never succeeded. Instead, Nomad's energy surrounded the visitor and turned them into drawings on sandstone so that they could stay in the Aneti forever with Nomad and keep him company. Before they turned into drawings, the visitors would turn into red mud. Turning into sandstone was the next step. Once they were sandstone, they would morph into a cave drawing in the Aneti Massive, and that is where they would remain. But the visitors would never know what was happening unless they caught sight of themselves reflected in water. Exaggerata listened carefully to every word Rufus spoke. She could barely breathe as she took this in. This couldn't be happening. Finally, she looked at Rufus and said, You must be exaggerating. I wish I was, said Rufus, but I'm not. Then he led her over to one of the mountains with a hard sandstone wall and said, Look. Exaggerata looked up to see a cave drawing of a group of stick figures. They were visitors that passed by Nomad and didn't make it out. They had no idea they were being turned to sandstone, said Rufus. Didn't make it out? You mean, you mean there is a way to make it out? To, to break the energy of Nomad? Asked Exaggerata with hope in her voice. There is a way, but it can be very dangerous, said Rufus in an ominous tone. Chapter 4 Exaggerata wasn't going to let a little danger deter her. She was determined not to turn into a drawing on a sandstone wall in the Aneti Massive. She pulled out her fan and began to wave it and then declared, I'm all ears. Tell me. And so Rufus told her, He told her that long ago, when he was a tiny dromedary, he heard the elders speaking about the nomad and his powers over visitors to the Aneti Massive. They spoke in whispers as they didn't want to alarm young Rufus. Rufus heard his elders say that they believed 
the only way to escape the energy of the nomad was to climb to the top of one of the tallest rock formations in the mountains of the Aneti Massive. It was only at great heights that the nomad's energy would lose its grip. They had never seen anyone do this before because most visitors gripped by the nomad weren't aware of what was happening as they never saw themselves reflected in the water pools. Instead, the visitors just turned to red mud figures and then sandstone and then drawings on the walls of the Aneti Massive. The elder dromedaries had spoken amongst themselves, guessing that the highest rock formation was the only chance for escape from one gripped by the energy of the nomad. After listening to Rufus, Exaggerata fanned herself again and said, So, you don't even know if this plan works? I have never seen it done, but I believe it. A little faith goes a long way, said Rufus. Do I still look like I'm made of red mud? asked Exaggerata. Rufus nodded his head. Then I will do it. I will climb the highest rock formation I can find. But then what? asked Exaggerata. Rufus looked down for a moment, as if he didn't want to speak. Tell me, said Exaggerata. He looked up and said, Then you jump. Exaggerata was ready to raise her fan and begin a rant on how Rufus must be exaggerating. But then she thought better of it. Somehow she knew he wasn't. Where's the tallest rock formation? She said in a serious tone. Follow me, said Rufus, as he set off deep into the mountains of the Aneti Massive. After what seemed like far too long, he came to a very tall rock formation and stopped. Exaggerata looked up the formation and then back at Rufus. Once I'm at the top, how will I know if I'm high enough for the nomad to lose his grip? She asked. I will tell you, because I can see you. And if your mud begins to disappear and you turn back into yourself, I will know, said Rufus. Not knowing what else to do, Exaggerata began the climb up the rock formation. She had been rock climbing many times before, and those skills helped her as she escalated the rock. It took quite some time, but she finally made it to the top where she found her footing. She immediately called down to Rufus. How do I look? Rufus looked up at her and blinked as if he was trying to bring her into focus. Should I jump? Called out Exaggerata. Rufus quickly shook his head. Don't jump. Please don't jump. You aren't high enough. You are still mud, he said urgently. Exaggerata couldn't believe it. After all her climbing efforts, 
She wasn't high enough. Come down quickly. We need to find something higher before you begin to turn into sandstone, he said. This statement got Exaggerata to move down the formation like a rocket. When she was at the bottom, she asked, how do I look? Rufus just shook his head and said, come with me. What is it? demanded Exaggerata in a frightened tone. I can see the mud turning into sandstone. We have to move fast. Follow me. This time, Exaggerata didn't challenge Rufus and did exactly as he said. She followed him until they came upon what had to be the tallest rock formation of the Aneti Massif. This is it, said Rufus. Go now, there is no time to waste. Exaggerata gave Rufus a big hug goodbye and began climbing up the rock formation. Up and up she went, much further than the first one she had tried. When she finally reached the top, she was so exhausted she could barely speak. Let me see you, called out Rufus from below. Exaggerata used the last of her strength to bravely stand up on the rock formation and look down at Rufus. She felt hot and dizzy. Rufus looked up at her, about to speak. But before he could, Exaggerata tumbled from the side of the rock formation. Down, down, down she went, as Rufus watched, and then she just disappeared into thin air, just like that. She did it. It worked, said Rufus to himself as he wandered back into the mountains. Exaggerata felt weightless, as she floated through the air until she landed on what felt like a cloud of marshmallows. It was her bed. She popped up from bed and said, I did it. I escaped the nomad. I must go and tell Oblivabob all about the Annette Massive. But Oblivabob was nowhere to be found. He was deep in a swampy bayou in Louisiana. But that is a tale for another time. I hope you all enjoyed that trip to the Aneti Massive. And now you're gonna wanna go and see the real photos of the Aneti Massive that go with this story. So just head on over to gooptales.com forward slash episode 98, that's 9-8. And you're going to see just these photos of these incredible rock formations, these rock mountains clumped together in all different shapes and sizes. And it's really quite extraordinary. And I think you're really going to, it's going to help you visualize the story even better. If you haven't gone there yet, just head on over to gooptales.com forward slash episode 98 and take a look. And now I want to take a moment and thank all of you who have written or written in or left a voicemail in the past couple weeks. I love listening to them. It's one of my favorite things to do at night, especially after working all day, because it just makes me happy. 
to hear your amazing, sweet, enthusiastic voices. Thank you, Elias, Foster, Raywin, Ezekiel, Floyd, Dustin, Jill, Jessica, and Madison. I've listened to your voice messages and I've read your reviews and I love them. And I want to now read one quick, quick, I'm tongue, I, I am tongue tied today. I don't know what's wrong with me, but I want to read one quick review from Brody D who wrote in and left a review on iTunes that says, I love goop tales with many exclamation points. I wish I had another word than awesome with many more exclamation points. Brody D, thank you so much. I love your short, simple, and sweet review. And I will take the word awesome. That works for me. Thank you for leaving that review. And for those of you that haven't, please leave a re- review on iTunes. It helps me to spread the words about goop tales. I really cannot talk today. I am so tongue-tied. Should we get a goop called tongue-tied? I feel like we should. Now, if you have a goop idea that you want to share with me, just ask a grown-up to help you send it over. You can send your idea through a voice message if you go to gooptales.com. And on the right side of the screen, you're just going to see a little button that says, leave a 90-second voice message for Maria. And you can leave me one there. I promise to listen to it and to get back to you. And if we end up choosing your goop for a story, we might even play your voice message on the podcast. Now, finally, if you're curious to see the cover drawing for this story, just head on over to gooptales.com forward slash episode 98. That's nine eight. And if you feel like drawing a picture of Exagerata with the coloring page that you find on that web page, you can draw it and upload it and tag us on Facebook or Instagram at Gooptails. And we will put it out for the rest of the Goopies to see. And one more thing I want to tell you Yes, I met with Francesca, who was the winner of the Halloween contest. And I met with her and her little sister, Lottie, earlier this week on Zoom. And they were so lovely and charming, and it was so wonderful. And we got to design a great new set of Goop Twins. Now, those Goop Twins, I've decided they're going to come out right after Halloween, and they are going to be the one 100th episode of Goop Tales. 100, episode 100. Can you believe it? So that's how we're going to celebrate. But they do have a very Halloween kind of spooky theme. So the next Goop Tale will be Oblivabob. And then the one after that will be the twins that Francesca and her sister Lottie thought up. In order to find out what their names are, you're just going to have to listen to the next episode of Goop Tales. Okay, I will see you in the next Goop Tale. <laughs>